watching. God bless you in Jesus' name. We love you. And uh, we look to the word of the Lord this morning. I, I'm going to invite your attention to the gospel according to John chapter 14. The gospel according to John chapter 14. And uh, I want to read beginning at the 25th verse. John chapter 14 verses uh, 25 through 27. Amen. Anybody know we're living in the last days? Anybody figured that out yet? Anybody figured that out yet? <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. And that's not, that's not something that you should dread. I want to talk to you today about, about uh, just something the Lord has, has put upon my heart for, for us today. John chapter 14, verses 25 through 27. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm going to say that again because I know it needs to be said again. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. And I want to speak to you for a few moments on the subject, the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The comfort of the Holy Ghost. Could we lift up our voice unto him today and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word. Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word that is so precious to us, that is so rich and rewarding. I pray today that your word would have free course and that it will accomplish that whereto you send it. For we are your people and we are hungry for the bread of life and we know it is your will to feed your sheep. And we humbly ask, Lord, that you will strengthen us by the preaching of your word. Let an anointing be upon the messenger and upon the congregation. We love you, we give you praise, and we magnify your name in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> I was six years old. The month was April. The year was 1986. I would turn seven in just a month and a half from this particular date that I'm referring to, and uh, there was a, a crusade taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Brother Rodriguez will remember that crusade. Brother Richard Hurd was preaching. And uh, Brother Rodriguez received the Holy Ghost in that crusade in 1986. And uh, so did I, as it turns out. Um, Brother Hurd was preaching on the end time. And there were people coming to God left and right because you could see in our world then, just as you can see now, of course, it has intensified in the last uh, year. But you could see that the signs leading to the coming of the Lord were, were uh, very uh, prominent. And so uh, I remember on that Sunday afternoon, uh, the crusade was in Indianapolis. We were living in Indianapolis at the time. My father had pastored in Memphis and, uh, and was between Memphis and Kokomo, Indiana. And for those two years, we lived in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, the crusade was taking place in Calvary Tabernacle, Pastor James Larson, my cousin. And my mother said on Sunday afternoon, she said, you know, tonight... The preacher is going to be preaching on the subject, what will happen to the kids after the rapture? Well, that got my attention because that was a, a matter of uh, genuine interest of mine. I, I did kind of want to know what was going to happen to the kids after the rapture. I was a representative of that demographic, being six years of age. And, and so I'll never forget, she said, Joel, I believe you're going to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. And when she said that, 
I don't know, it just kind of resonated with me. She wasn't one to, to waste words, and she just said it. I believe you're going to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. So I went to service that night, and uh, the preacher preached, what's going to happen to the kids after the rapture? And that was good enough for me. I don't even know what else was said. But that poignant question touched my heart. And I went to the front of that uh, house and I repented of my sins, that sin-scarred, sin-stained six-year-old life. God forgave me and, you know, he filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Two weeks later, I was baptized in Jesus' name in Van Wert, Ohio, by Brother David Catania. We were preaching for Brother Catania, uh, and my father asked him if he would baptize me in Jesus' name. And so that, that's my story. That's my testimony. And it was an amazing testimony. And, and something happened uh, in that moment, and my life was forever changed it really was I, I there was an immediate hunger for the presence of God I, I looked forward to experiencing what I experienced on that night I looked forward to experiencing it as often as I could experience it receiving the Holy Ghost it was it was such a glorious experience I remember even uh, coming up from Sunday school class and the service was going on just a couple of weeks later and, and I wanted it again. I, I left Sunday school as soon as I could to get into the sanctuary and to the altar. Lifted up my hands, closed my eyes, and just said, Lord, do it again. I want to feel it again. I want to experience it again. And that, that's what comes over a person when they receive the Holy Ghost. They want to experience that nearness of God. They want to experience that, that, that touch of God. It, it is something you cannot describe. It is the outpouring of His Spirit. It is the infilling and the indwelling of His Spirit. And it was beautiful. <clears throat> and, and I've loved it ever since. And I remember experiencing the presence of the Lord in such a profound way. One time before I was six years old, I think I was about four years old, and I was on the up, opposite side of the altar as everybody else, and I... I prayed, I, I didn't even go with an intention in mind, but something came on me that night when I was four years old. And I remember dancing before the Lord. I don't even know that I didn't get the Holy Ghost that night, but nobody was there and to confirm it, and I didn't know what was going on. I just know I felt the presence of God for the first time, and I loved the presence of God. And that's what happens when you begin to experience Him. You want more of Him. You want to experience Him over and over and over again because it is the satisfying peace it is the fulfillment of your joy it is the missing piece of your life that thing that you cannot satisfy with anything else and and it has been poured out from God's Spirit in these last days we call it the latter rain outpouring because the Bible describes that there would be a latter rain outpouring of his spirit. There is a former rain and a latter rain. The former rain and latter rain is, is a reference to the Jewish harvest. The former rain being the beginning of the Jewish harvest. And the latter rain being the conclusion of the Jewish harvest. But, but, but I want you to know that it's a thing of the spirit. Something that God teaches through that Jewish harvest to let us know just as there's a rain in the beginning, there's going to be a rain at the end. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what we saw take place in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now the Lord had told them before he ascended to go and tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. This was the promise that had been foretold by the prophets of old. And Jesus had prepared them for it throughout his earthly ministry. And John the Baptist had prepared them for it in his ministry. John the Baptist specifically said that I am come as a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. 
I baptize you with water unto repentance. But there is coming one after me who is mightier than I. I'm not worthy to loose his shoes or to wear his shoes. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And when that day of Pentecost was fully come, and there came that sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That is the former rain. That, ladies and gentlemen, was the beginning of the harvest of God. When God would begin to harvest His people from the earth and we experienced the latter rain outpouring in the beginning of the 20th century as the Protestant Reformation gained steam through hundreds of years ago and, and people began to develop an understanding again of this great Bible that was so cruelly taken from them. Don't ever take this for granted that you can open it up and read it for yourself. And the Bible teaches us that there would be a latter rain. And in this beginning of the 20th century, there was a urgency in the heart of the people. There was a fervent desire for more of God. And they began to hold prayer meetings saying, Lord, do it again. Just as you did in the book of Acts, do it again. And a little lady by the name of Agnes Osmond in Topeka, Kansas, received the gift of the Holy Ghost as she spoke in other tongues while the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And it began to flow. It began to flow through this nation. In 1906, it reached a, it reached a peaking point in a little mission on a street called Azusa in Los Angeles where Reverend William Seymour was holding prayer meetings and preaching and while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on those people. And, and then in that little bitty mission house, there was a dramatic outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know thousands, thousands and thousands of people visited that little mission on Azusa Street in Los Angeles and went from there throughout the world saying, the latter rain has come to the earth. The Lord has poured out in abundance His Holy Ghost in these last days. And I want you to know that this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Saith God, in the last days I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days. And they too are going to speak in tongues and prophesy. I want you to know that this is the latter rain outpouring. And the God of heaven is still pouring out the Holy Ghost upon whosoever will. God can fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost right now. God can fill you to overflowing with the power of the Holy Ghost. And we have become so accustomed to it that we have taken it for granted. We have become so familiar with it that we have taken it for granted. I've even heard people who have spoken in tongues play talk in tongues. As though it's some kind of a normal thing. Hear what I'm telling you. This is a supernatural infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's not to be played with. It's not to be taken for granted. It's not to be dismissed or discarded. Or to be seen as just another experience you might or, or might not have in God. It is God's plan of salvation to fill His people with His Spirit and quicken their mortal body from a corruptible body into an incorruptible body hallelujah and one of the reasons we take it for granted is because we don't pray like we ought to pray 
One of the reasons why we just dismiss it and discard it and see it as part of the buffet of God's gifts is because we don't pray like we ought to pray. Those people who experienced it in that Azusa Street mission were a praying people. The people who experienced it on that day of Pentecost were a praying people. They were crying out to God from the depth of their heart. They were not interested in what this world could offer. They had tried everything and everything had failed. They They wanted God to pour out his spirit upon them. And that should be the desire of every heart in this house today. Lord, pour out your spirit. Fill me to overflowing. You say, Pastor Urshan, I've got the Holy Ghost. I've had the Holy Ghost for years and I'm still struggling. Stir up the gift that is in you. You're struggling because you have lost faith in the goodness and in the power of God. You need to know that there is joy in the Holy Ghost. And there is peace in the Holy Ghost. And there is power in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is our hope. This is our strength. This is the comforter that has come. We're not looking for another. We have the power of God's Spirit living on the inside of us. And all it takes, all it takes is to enter into his presence. And in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We do not believe that our comfort will come from this world or any of its conveniences or any of its comforts. The comforter that comes to us is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And Jesus spoke this in the context of leaving them on earth and returning again in his power to set up his kingdom and to receive his bride he spoke to them this in this context he was letting them know look i'm not going to be with you in physical form for a while but do not let your heart be troubled he said do not let your heart be afraid Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen to what he said at the beginning of the chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. You know, he said it twice. And anytime the Lord says something twice, I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening when he says it once. But if he says it twice, you had better believe it. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. He let them know, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be afraid. Yeah, I'm going to be gone physically for a little while. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. And don't worry, there's room enough for you. Because in my Father's house are many mansions and he explained to them listen when I go I will not leave you comfortless I will send the comforter the father will send the comforter in my name and he shall bring comfort to you notice what the word of the Lord says the word of the Lord said he shall teach you all things who's going to teach you all things The Holy Ghost is going to teach you all things. Now, we're living in a world where people say, and I've said it, I don't know who to believe anymore. I don't know who's telling the truth. You don't even know what news source is telling the truth. You have no idea who to look to, who to talk to. Everybody's got a different story. Everybody's got an agenda. You say, I don't know what to believe anymore. Everybody's lying. Don't you know your Bible told you that was the case? He said, let God be true and every man a liar. And you thought, I don't know, I don't know what that even means. It means God is true and every man is a liar. That's what that means. And so you say, well, who can I even believe? The Bible tells you who to believe. The Bible said he is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. He that cometh unto the Father must come by me. No man comes to the Father but by me. The 
Holy Ghost will teach you all things. Mainstream media will not teach you all things. Some blogger or vlogger will not teach you all things. Somebody you heard on Facebook is not going to teach you all things. The latest trend or fashion is not going to teach you all things. The latest political phenomena is not going to teach you all things. The Holy Ghost is going to teach you all things. I'm going to preach to you now whether you like it or not. Hear the word of the Lord. The American educational system is not going to teach you all things. The world educational system is not going to teach you all things. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Well, now, Pastor, that's, that's a little extreme. I mean, it is in red letters, but, but that's a little extreme to think that the Holy Ghost will teach you all things. Yeah, and you go ahead and keep living in despondency and despair, and I'm going to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, because my hope is not in this world. My hope is in the Holy Ghost. That's my comfort. My comfort is not in what does or does not happen on January 20th. My hope is in the Holy Ghost. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. That's our comfort. That's our strength. That's our peace. He said... My peace I give you, not as this world giveth. Don't get it mixed up. I give you my peace. Hallelujah. My peace. Hallelujah. I want his peace. Listen to his peace. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey his voice? This is my peace. And I give you my peace. He had his peace while they were beating him with a cat of nine tails. He had his peace while they were crowning him with thorns. He had his peace while they were wounding him and bruising him and chastising him. He never lost his peace. He held his peace. He said, I'm going to give you that peace. Regardless of what you go through, you're going to go through it comforted and strong. And full of peace. Hallelujah. And I'm going to put my spirit inside of you so that I can live this peace through you. This is our peace. This is the way we fight our battles. Notice what the word of the Lord said in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Hallelujah. When you have done all to stand, stand having your loins girt about with truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He said, have the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. He said, the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all. I love that word. Uh, just like he said, he shall teach you all things. He said, the shield of faith shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Those darts of the wicked are fiery darts. They are dipped in the fires of hell. And they have torment. And he shoots them at the people of God. But the shield of faith. I don't know what shield you're walking around with. But you'd better get a hold of the shield of faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in who? Faith in his word. Faith in his power. Faith in his blood. Faith in his plan for your life. Glory to God. Not one fiery dart of the wicked can touch me. Because, now listen, hear what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. He said he shall quench. That means he puts the fire out. So, so the fiery darts might reach their destination, but they have no torment. They have no fire. They have nothing from hell that can touch my life. Because faith has quenched all the fiery darts of the wicked. I was in uh, Wisconsin over the weekend preaching, and while I was there, uh, a missionary, a uh, wonderful man of God, Brother Ray Nichols, has preached the gospel all through Eastern Europe and the former Soviet bloc and the former Soviet Union. 
Wonderful man of God. He's preached here. In fact, he was preaching the night Brother Mark Purdy received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At, at, on Montgomery Road in Kenwood. And, and he, wonderful man of God. And he came uh, to me at this conference. And he said, Brother Urshan, I just, I just, I, I, I still, he had talked to me about this before. He said, I, I want to make sure to get you over to, to meet the Urshanites in Russia. The Urshanites are people who, who came to the truth under the teachings of Andrew Urshan. They, they refer to themselves as, as Urshanites because he brought them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. He said, listen, he said, there are 300 churches that are associated with the UPCI. He said, there are many more that are oneness that, that are not necessarily associated with the UPCI, but the UPCI alone has 301 God churches that were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost that have come as a result of the teachings of Andrew Urshan. Andrew Urshan was in Russia preaching the gospel, and, and the communist revolution was underway when he left. This people, these precious people of God, they came under communist, uh, they came under communist persecution of the church. Those people were sent to prisons. They were sent to prisons. And, and, and it's a terrifying thought. But, but they never stopped believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said they went into those prisons and they preached the gospel throughout those prisons. From one prison to the next, they preached the gospel. He said the revival in Russia occurred in the prison system during the communist oppression of the church. When the prisons opened, when they came out of those prisons, the church came flooding out of those prisons and filled the area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today there is a church standing for the glory of God in Russia because they never lost their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what kind of persecution we're going to face in the United States of America. I know that there are saints of God who have faced so much persecution you and I can't even fathom what kind of persecution they face but I can tell you this it does not matter because our peace comes from God and our comfort comes from God oh I'm going to say it in the Holy Ghost everything is going to be alright stop letting your mind take you somewhere your body can't go leaving you with a sense of fear and fret and worry and dread I rebuke it in the name of Jesus it's a lie and a trick of the devil you stand strong in the word of God and in the power of God and understand I have peace in Jesus Christ hallelujah glory to God hallelujah we say things like well what if this happened or what if that happened Oh my goodness, what are we going to do if this happened? None of that even matters. All that matters is he is my God. And I am his child. And I love him. And I want to be in his presence. And I want to experience his joy. Hallelujah. Hear what I'm telling you. My great grandfather heard that there was a, a storm on the horizon. A political storm. There was a mass genocide of the Christians in Armenia. Where he was from, he had received the Holy Ghost here in the United States. Hallelujah. When he received the Holy Ghost, it was an amazing experience. He had repented of his sins in Chicago, Illinois. He was so excited about repenting, he went to tell his friend. His friend was not there. The landlady allowed him in and said, you can wait here for your friend. And while he sat there with legs bouncing, he was so excited about having repented of his sins. He told that landlady, he said, can I tell you what God has done for me? He has forgiven me of my sins. She said, that's wonderful. He said, I've repented. I've turned away from all wickedness. She said, that's wonderful. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, well, I've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. She said, you need to go down to the Pentecostal Holiness Church. People are getting the Holy Ghost down there. He didn't know what in the world she was talking about. He went down to the Pentecostal Holiness Church in Chicago, Illinois in 1908. And as he walks in, he said, I had never seen such a sight. He said, I didn't even like it. I was scared. I wanted to get out. They were running and jumping and hollering and yelling and speaking in languages I didn't understand. And I thought, this is crazy. That lady's crazy. Everybody's crazy. I'm getting out of here. But before he left, there was a man standing next to him who began to speak fluently 
in his native tongue from Persia and he understood every word. He looked at the man and said, there's no way he's from Persia. I know he's not from Persia and he's speaking this language like he was born there and his language that he spoke was magnifying the Lord God of heaven and earth. He was worshiping him with all of his heart. My great grandfather left there in a daze wondering what in the world did I just see? He came out of that church thinking I, I it still felt crazy to him because he had never seen anything like it. He went back to his little Persian mission where he had gathered Assyrian immigrants together to have a church. All they had done was repent of their sins and he had 20 some young men there and he told them he said we must tarry for the Holy Ghost to be poured out upon us. He never did tell them they would speak in tongues when they would receive the Holy Ghost. He wanted to see for himself if they would do it as the Bible said it happened or if they would be influenced by some expectation set for them. So he never did tell them they would speak with tongues. But as they tarried for the Holy Ghost, one after the next received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. As the Spirit of God gave them the utterance, he was the pastor and he was the last one to get the Holy Ghost. But he said, when we got the Holy Ghost, he said, the Word of God came to life for us. The Word of God popped off those pages. He said, we received revelation of divine healing. Hallelujah. Divine healing. That's, he said before, listen to this. He said, before we got the Holy Ghost, we thought that uh, our, our understanding of healing was that, that you could take medicine for your sickness and sometimes God would perform a miracle and heal you. And I thought, well, that's what we believe now. But when he got the Holy Ghost, he received a revelation of divine healing. It's the, hallelujah, it's the same understanding the apostles had. Peter and John walked to the gate called Beautiful at the temple, and there was a man lame from his mother's womb. He looked upon Peter and John expecting to receive something of them, and Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now hear, hear what I'm telling you. If he'd have had silver and gold, that may have been what he gave to the lame man and the lame man would have had silver and gold and still been unable to walk I want you to understand while we're out trying to get silver and gold that silver and gold's not going to help anybody but we have the name of Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus Christ is what's going to help the world in which we live glory my great-grandfather said it when he got the Holy Ghost, he knew at once what he must do. He must go back to Persia and preach the gospel to his family. Now, you got to know, in Persia, the Christians were being slaughtered. He went back into a massacre knowing that he would be a martyr, planning to be a martyr, knowing it was done. He went back into an absolute slaughter of the Christians to preach the gospel. And we run and fear and fret and dread. I'm going to tell you why that is. Because we have lost our confidence in the Holy Ghost. We think it's just a good little chill bump every now and then and a good little cry. And it's a good little experience to feel clean and refreshed. I'm telling you, it is the empowering spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. This is how we fight our battle. We Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians 6. He said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, we don't resolve our disputes by storming a Capitol building. That's not how disputes are resolved by Christian people. Christian people fight spiritual battles. Uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Don't get caught up. Listen, Peter got caught up in the moment and Peter took his sword out and cut the ear off of the man who was trying to arrest Jesus. And Jesus said, put that thing away. That thing's gonna kill you. If you try to live by it, you'll die by it. He let him have one later, but he told him, I want you to go out and do my work, the work of the kingdom. And I don't want you to take a sword with you. When they went out, they didn't need the sword. They came back. He said, did you ever need the sword? They said, no. He said, all right, then you can have two of them. What he was teaching them was this. I don't want you having one with you until you know you can live without it. 
Some people in the flesh think that the way God is going to protect them is through their natural means. And I want you to know that's not how the Word of God works. That's not how the Spirit of God works. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Jesus did not say to us that when I leave you physically, I'm going to return later. And in the meantime, I'm going to give you all of these wonderful, all of these wonderful uh, governmental protections. I'm going to give you all of this wonderful favor with your human government that's going to, no, no, no. He said, I'm going to live inside of you and no matter what government you're in and no matter who you face and no matter what you deal with you're going to have power and you're going to have peace and everything is going to be all right what 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 seriously gets an andrew urshan to leave america that he came to to live the american dream and go back into the christian genocide massacre slaughter of believers to preach the gospel nothing but the holy ghost Nothing but the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Notice what he said. He said, he shall teach you all things. He shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost inside of you will bring all things that Jesus has said to your remembrance. Hallelujah. Lord, I feel your Holy Ghost. I feel your presence. Hallelujah. I feel your presence. You know the old time preachers used to preach against TV. They used to tell the people stay away from it. And they were mocked. Mocked for preaching against TV. That's so old fashioned. Now Christians are so glued to what's going on in our world. They hate each other. They hate their neighbor instead of loving their neighbor. I don't believe in watching that stuff anymore. I don't believe in looking at it. I don't believe in in, in tuning into it. It's a trick and a lie of the devil. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Watch and pray. We've got a lot of watching and not enough praying. We've got people doing 95% watching and 5% praying. Not even 5%. Who am I kidding? Not even 5%. It's a little breath here and there. It's a non-praying church, and that's why there's so much fear and depression and, 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 and anger and anxiety. You put your sword away and let the God of heaven be the God he promised that he would be. Notice what the word of the Lord said. The word of the Lord said that he will come as one who is true and faithful. And there's a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth it's not in his sheath it's not even he's not even wielding it it's coming out of his mouth in other words the sword of God is his word and that's the sword we fight with we fight with the word we don't fight with the with the weapons of this world we don't fight with the carnal weapons of this world we fight with the word of god we fight with prayer we fight we fight with the holy ghost that's what we fight with hallelujah the bible said that he would he would bring down the wicked with the rod of his lips and with the the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips that's how he will bring down the wicked The rod of God comes out of his mouth. And the breath of his lips is the Holy Ghost. Literally, the word spirit is breath. It's pneuma. It's breath. How is God going to bring down the wicked? He's not going to bring down the wicked, Simon Peter. With you trying to enact all of your vengeance. And and we look at our world today and on both sides of the equation, there is a brimming volatile hostility 
that's, that's, just, that's just reaching a boiling point. And the church, the people of God, must be a people of prayer. The more you see it developing, the more you must pray. The more you must go into the battle that really does work. It really does work. Hallelujah. And you ought to be convicted right now for thinking in your mind that it doesn't really work. What are you saying when you say the word of God is not true? What are you saying when you say that's just fanciful thinking? You know what you're saying. You're a doubter and you need to submit that doubt to God in repentance. Prayer really does work. The Holy Ghost really does work. Fasting really does work. Preaching the word really does work. Pastor, that stuff sounds good when you preach it, but it doesn't work in the real world. Well, I know who's not praying. I know who's not trusting God. I know who's put their faith in the wisdom of this world and not in the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. He said, my peace I will give you. Not as this world giveth. You're not going to find, you're not going to find a peaceful outcome in this world. It will only come through an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And the only people who know how to get the Holy Ghost to fall like rain is the church. All the Holy Ghost is waiting for is the church to pray down the power. Pray down the fire. Pray down the latter rain. In the name of Jesus Christ, pray down the latter rain. Pray down the fire. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. When politicians start getting the Holy Ghost, that's when you'll see change in the government. Can I preach it? Can I preach it? When Democrats and Republicans start talking in tongues and getting baptized in Jesus' name, that's when you'll see a real change, the change of the heart. Hallelujah. You say that could never happen. You're right. Because it's only going to happen by faith. So when you, when you knock it out at the kneecaps, by saying that negative word of unbelief. That's why Jesus, before he raised the little girl from the dead, he sent everybody out of the room that did not believe. And you better be ready because he'll be sending you out if you don't believe. He'll send you out into this world full of wolves and lions and terrible tigers. And he'll send you out among the ravenous beasts of this world. You better stay in the church full of faith and hope and love. If Jesus says she can live again, I believe she can live again. If Jesus said she's only asleep, don't doubt. She's only asleep, don't doubt. If Jesus said there's going to be, if Jesus said there's going to be a powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost, there's going to be a powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hey. It's not cliche. These are our greatest days. This is our greatest hour. <laughs> oh, God. Lift that praise unto the Lord. Lift that praise unto the Lord. Come on, lift your voice unto God. Lift your voice unto God right now. Lift your voice unto God right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody stand with me right now. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The power of God is here. Huh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church does not endorse or participate in violence. That's the way the world operates. 
That's the way the world operates. Peter said, Jesus, they'll never get you because I'll never let it happen. And Jesus said, you, Peter, don't understand the ways of God. Get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus had a plan. There was going to be a crucifixion. And when that blood trickled down, when that blood trickled down and when he gave up the ghost, the earth would quake. You're seeing the earthquake. The, the, the sky would go dark. You're seeing the sky go dark. The veil in the temple would rent. You're seeing the veil in the temple rent. The centurion would stand off and say, surely and truly, this was the Son of God. What you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is if you, can't, you can't lend a natural hand to a spiritual need. It has to come through prayer. It has to come through faith. It has to come through the moving of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Reach for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Reach for him right now. Reach for him right now. Let not your heart be troubled. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know what's going to happen in our nation. It, it doesn't matter in terms of how we're going to be victorious or not. We're going to be victorious in Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord. We're going to stand united in Jesus Christ and do the work of the Lord because we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody cry out to him right now. Somebody cry out to him right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. These altars are open and ready for somebody to come down here and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let this be your spiritual birthday. Let this be the day that the Holy Ghost falls upon you like fire from heaven. Let this be the day that the, the reign of God, hallelujah, falls upon you and fills you to overflowing. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want somebody that needs to break through. Come on, come on. If you need to break through, pray through. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost have his way right now. Let the Holy Ghost have his way right now. Let the Holy Ghost have his way right now. Come on, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. This is the day I lay aside fear. This is the day I lay aside anxiety. And I let God comfort me with his Holy Spirit. I let God comfort me. Hallelujah. With the sharp two-edged sword that comes from his mouth, his holy word. And the breath of his lips. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like there's some folks that are dealing with some fear. I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. Because <laughs> God's going to lift that fear off of you in Jesus' name. You're going to find power over it in prayer. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Oh, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort, 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 comfort one another with these words. <laughs> Come on, all across this house, you need to lay aside that fear and give it to God. Come on, give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. These are the moments we've waited for all our Holy Ghost, all our Holy Ghost long life. Hallelujah. 
We're not going to cower in this hour. We're going to stand strong in Jesus' name. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. The Comforter has come. He shall teach you all things. He shall bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Pray. 